0: Hello everyone and welcome to the 7th episode of Shiroz Speaks. My name is Shiroz Hussein, and on this episode I'm going to be speaking a little bit about the conflict in Yemen, you know, the humanitarian crisis that is currently taking place in Yemen. Uh, certainly an issue that deserves more recognition, it's an issue that's been getting more recognition as of late, which is wonderful to see, but it's something that isn't new, you know, the, the crisis isn't new, it's been going on for years, for decades, for the better part of the last decade, um, Saudi Arabia and its allies have been responsible for blockading supplies into Yemen, such as food and medicines, as well as bombarding Yemen with airstrikes and missile attacks. So as well as more recognition, I certainly feel that this issue as a whole and the people behind this issue deserve more condemnation and deserve to be called out and held accountable for their actions because their actions are leading to the death and suffering of millions of innocent people all over that country. And just all over the Middle East as a whole, man. You know the, the actions of the United States, and its foreign policy, and the actions of the United Kingdom, the act, the actions of the West as a whole, and their foreign policy has been very poor over the past few decades. As well as that, you know the actions of actors such as Iran and uh, Saudi Arabia, and complying with the. Uh, extremist ideologies and rhetorics of the Middle East and further contributing to extremism in the region. So there certainly does need to be more knowledge on those issues and there needs to be more condemnation of these people. So, uh, But with that being said, I'm just going to stop there um, in regards to the intro because I feel like I've went on too long and I'll speak more about what I just mentioned in the episode. Uh, With that being said, I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone as well uh, it truly means the world, man, and uh, every time I upload an episode, it just gets 100 listens uh, in the first 24 hours, which is just wonderful, I mean, it's, it's a small number, and uh, it doesn't like mean much a all, but to me, it means the world, I mean, even if it was just like, you know, five people listening, man, I, I would be so happy, you know, <laughs> so it just means the world, and I just want to thank everyone again uh, for their continued support, uh, as what well keeps me going, and uh, I look forward to doing interviews with people as well, once this uh, COVID thing clears up a bit more, which is so you know um, nothing but optimism for the future and um, I'm just glad that this disease is clearing up even less and less people are passing away from it and more and more people are like getting back to life uh, you know, slowly bit by bit uh, with each step so it's just wonderful news in regards to the COVID situation and uh, it certainly is motivating to know that life will get back to normal soon and uh, we can resume doing the things that we want to do but with that being said um, there are a lot of things that need to be I don't know, called out, and uh, now that the virus situation is dying down a bit, I feel like there will be more time and there will be more attention on other issues um, that need more recognition. The progress of Yemen as a whole, as a country, has been stagnating for the past few decades between rampant corruption and numerous human rights violations at the hands of their former authoritarian regime. The people of Yemen have been long-suffering before this, before this current day crisis came to be. However... Uh, having said that I don't feel like I can do the past few decades of Yemeni history any justice on one episode alone and what I mean by that is that it's simply not feasible for me to speak about it due to time constraints constraints, and uh, it's just such a complex uh, subject matter as a whole with so many ins and outs I can recall the last few decades of Yemeni history from the top of my head and I would hate to do so incorrectly and I would hate to miss anything out uh, as I do all these episodes uh, without any notes However, if it is something that interests you, I would encourage you to do some reading on it, I would encourage you to watch some stuff on it, and uh, further educate yourself uh, in regards to the whole situation of Yemen. So, uh, having said that, what well, I will talk about though is the current day crisis in Yemen, something which uh, everyone's sharing stuff about now on social media, so something which is being widely reported on the news um, in the present day, and it's something that I've been keeping on with uh, since 2014 so yemen's credit crisis can actually be dated as starring in 2014. this is because the houthi rebels which are a shia militia group took control of the capital of yemen Sana'a, Sanaa, in 2014 from the former authoritarian regime which was a sunni regime a sunni dictatorship so um though the though the houthis are a shia group they were actually supported by non-shias such as sunni muslims and uh, yemeni christians this is due to the fact that yemen's former leader was a dictator and was responsible for oppressing his people, in particular religious minorities such as Christians and Shias, and uh, just those in general who spoke up against his policies, including other Sunni Muslims. <coughs> you know, some, something like this is uh, common to see. This was prevalent in uh, Libya under Muammar Gaddafi. This was prevalent in Iraq under Saddam Hussein. These dictators like to rule with an iron fist, and they clamp down on any and every source of opposition and any threat, anything that they see as being a threat. To their uh, leadership so uh, before i actually go on and speak about the role of saudi arabia and all this um who is without a doubt the biggest reason behind yemen's current day humanitarian crisis i just want to go over the terms of sunni and shia for my non-muslim listeners so basically uh, sunni and shia are two different sects of islam it's a bit like how catholics and protestants are um well they both adhere to christianity and are both christians but they both differentiate in how they go about and following christianity so, though it isn't the exact same thing, it's the closest comparison that comes to my mind in trying to explain this in the quickest way possible without taking too much time um, because I don't want to get tied up in the semantics of Sunnis and Shi'as I just want to quickly move on and talk about the Yemen situation um, So yeah, um, much like how Catholics and Protestants have fought for centuries, as have Shia and Sunnis but the biggest difference in that is is that Sunnis and Shi'as are still fighting today in the present day on a mass scale so, uh, this, is, this in itself is what prompted Saudi Arabia to become involved in these very religious differences between Sunni and Shia. And from that point on, uh, the state of affairs in Yemen would only deteriorate further. And uh, Saudi Arabia for decades now has been obsessed with attacking any and every Shia-based organisation due to religious differences. And it has did so with the full support and with immunity. Um, by the United States and its Western allies, including our very own um, country of the United Kingdom. Saudi Arabia's dangerous rhetoric and hatred towards Shias has often brought great attention to the region and has been a key reason behind why Sunnis and Shias are still fighting each other all over the Middle East from Lebanon to Syria and from Syria to Iraq and everywhere in between. <coughs> Saudi Arabia is a despicable nation which funds terrorism all over the planet and is one of the most horrific countries when it comes to human rights violations as it has been reported uh, with annual findings by international human rights watchdog Amnesty International It has consistently ranked as one of the worst, if not the worst, places for women, free-thinking liberals and um, those belonging to any other religion except Islam So ever since its creation, Saudi Arabia has been a source of extremism Saudi Arabia has been responsible for, for funding Sunni Wahhabi madrasas all over the world in order to further spread his narrative of extremism, in order to further spread the extremist branch, the extremist Wahhabi branch of Islam, which is also often used as justification by groups such as Daesh and Al-Qaeda, as well as the Taliban for their own actions, uh, as an ideology that's shared by Saudi Arabia and these terrorist groups. So, um, it has uh, sought to fund mosques all over the world, and it has also done so in, um, in Pakistan, and the reason I mention that is because I know I have a lot of people that listen from Pakistan as well as people in the UK who are Pakistani as well. So that's the reason I mention Pakistan in particular. But um, th- that as a whole though has been a source of discontent in Pakistan itself. Um, people have been protesting against it, etc, etc. Et They're unhappy with Saudi influence. But um, Pakistan itself is a country run by extremists at the higher levels. So it continues bowing its head to Saudi Arabia in exchange for financial gains and influence in the region and often defends Saudi Arabia whenever given the chance. Uh, Pakistan in particular is a very important country to Saudi Arabia in regards to having influence over because Pakistan directly borders Iran in the south so it's a very strategic geopolitical ally in case of any military conflict with Iran. So that's why Pakistan is so important to Saudi Arabia. (coughs) So, um, Iran is also, uh, speaking of Iran, Iran is also responsible for fighting in the Middle East uh, through its uh, support of Hamas and Gaza. Hezbollah in uh, Lebanon. Uh, By the way, uh, a lot of people now might disagree with what I'm saying, uh, especially those who are sympathetic towards the Palestinian cause. Uh, Just a little disclaimer, I am also sympathetic towards the Palestinian cause. It's something that I've stood for for years. It's something that I've campaigned for. I've been involved with the Scottish-Palestinian Solidarity campaign in Scotland. I was the chair of it in Dundee. It's something that I am very deeply sympathetic towards. But even though I am, I'm going to call a spade a spade and I'm going to call out what I see as being wrong and Hamas is certainly not a peaceful organisation. It's something that is certainly hindering the progress of Palestine as a state and is taking uh, back all the progress that was made by peaceful um, figures such as Yasser Arafat in the past. So Hamas deserves no praise and uh, same with Hezbollah as well. These The reason I mention these two in particular is because these two organisations sometimes uh, receive a lot of support from the West, uh, not the Western governments, but the people in the West that are sympathetic towards the Palestinian cause <coughs> and, and that are anti-Israel because Hamas and Hezbollah I've been involved with, um um I, I suppose, skirmishes with the Israeli government and Israeli military. So um if anyone pops up to me now and tries to defend Hamas or Hezbollah, I'm having none of it, man. I'm an open-minded guy. I'm willing to hear out most of the things that people come to me with, but I'm not going to entertain this. If you try and defend terrorist organisations, I'm not going to entertain that. So if you pop up to me, man, with such uh, foolish claims, I will most likely block you, man. So please don't try and defend terrorism to me, man. It just, just holds no basis in reality no my bases in and, um, and logic, man. So please don't do that. And uh, if you are like um, kind of conflicted uh, upon hearing all this, then I would encourage you to do your own research on Hamas and Hezbollah and see for yourself how like horrible these groups are and how horrible they are in hindering the progress of the Palestinian uh, cause as whole. Well. So having said that, Iran's extremist tendencies have made it become a key reason why there's so much tension between Sunnis and Jiyas. Iran is alleged to have funded the uprising in Yemen, which allowed the Houthis to oust the previous uh, Sunni dictator. However, it cannot be ignored that the Houthis were actually supported, as I said before, by the majority of people in Yemen, Yemen uh, including Sunnis. Uh, so, so to say that Iran and Iran alone was responsible for all, this whole thing wouldn't be entirely correct. Uh, factually, it would be factually incorrect. So, um, however, uh, in saying that, Iran is basically uh, the same as Saudi Arabia. Though uh, Iran doesn't deserve any any, um, it doesn't deserve to be let off, man. Uh, Just because it's not fully uh, the reason behind this conflict it doesn't excuse the horrible nation that is Iran. The horrible nation, uh, the horrible leadership that is in Iran that um, oppresses its people just as Saudi Arabia does as well. But so it's just the exact same as Saudi Arabia, Arabia, um, but the only difference is that it's Shia. Uh, It too ranks annually as one of the worst countries for women, free thinkers and religious minorities. Iran too is responsible for the instability that the Middle East faces. However, Iran gets the international condemnation it deserves um, because it, unlike Saudi Arabia, can't sell us cheap oil. So hence why Iran is condemned but Saudi Arabia is not by the West. So both Iran and Saudi Arabia have been fighting proxy wars now for decades at the expense of neighbouring nations in the Middle East in order to assert dominance over one another. People are often quick to put the blame on the West for the state of the Middle East. But in actual fact, Saudi Arabia and Iran are the two biggest reasons behind why the Middle East is burning, as their extremist teachings which have gave way to such instability over the Middle East and have gave way to jihadist groups operating all over the Middle East and uh, killing and condemning so many millions all over the Middle East, man. So, having said that, obviously the role of the West can't be ignored and I'm in no way defending the West. The horrible policies of the US have condemned millions to a life of agony and despair, as well as being responsible for the deaths of countless innocent men, women, and children. Um, An example of American imperialism gone mad would be Afghanistan. Uh, would be in Afghanistan, a country that was destroyed by the US, uh, basically in order to fight the Russians. So the Russians were um, coming into Afghanistan from the Caucasus regions, and they were asserting their dominance in the region. So the U.S. saw this as being a huge hindrance, especially because Afghanistan borders Pakistan, uh, which at the time was a huge U.S. ally. So they didn't want uh, Russia influencing Pakistan. They didn't want Russia getting influence into India, uh, which is the which is one of the largest countries on the planet. Uh, it's now the second most populous country on the planet. So then the U.S. didn't want that happening. That would lead to less U.S. influence in the Southeast region, Southeast Asian region as a whole. So they sought to fight uh, Russian encroachment through funding the Mujahideen alongside um, the Pakistani government. So the US along with Pakistan funded the Mujahideens to fight against Russia and Afghanistan and then those same Mujahideens though uh, would then go on to become the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and then started fighting against the US which led to a a decade-long intervention which tore apart the Afghan nation and made it a vacuum and a hub for, for extremism and jihadist groups. As well as this, the whole war with Iraq also made no sense. The US and the West as a whole went to war with Iraq for no viable reason. At first they were like, Man, it's because Saddam has nukes, blah blah. blah. Like we can't have Saddam like having nuclear weapons. He'll he'll like exterminate he'll take the US off the map, he'll take Israel off the map, and so and so. We can't have that. Um so then but then those um, claims would be dispelled. Those claims would be proven false. So then they had to come up with new excuses in order to go to war with Iraq. So then they were like, uh, you know what, man, nah, it's not about the nukes. Uh, basically, we're only going to war with Iraq because Saddam Hussein oppresses people, uh, oppresses his own people. But then people would start speaking up against it and there'd be like increasing public pressure into anti-war efforts. And people would be like, man, like like people would be like, man, that, that makes no sense. Because going by that logic, we should all be going to war with Saudi Arabia because they've been doing what Iraq's accused of doing now for decades now. So why are we not going to war with Saudi Arabia? So anyways, uh, when that reason fell apart, they were like, okay, you know what, the only reason we're going to war with Iraq now is because it's a danger to Kuwait, and Kuwait's an ally, and so and so, we can't have our allies suffer, um, or else it will lessen our influence in the region. Again, man, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm sounding like a broken record, but again, that excuse was dispelled by the international community, by activists, and then they had to come up with a a solid, definitive excuse that could not be dispelled, so they could go into the country. So then the the whole international community, as a whole, Tony Blair and George Bush in particular, settled on this excuse. <clears throat> and what they said was that the reason we are going into Iraq and we're not going to budge from this is because we're getting revenge for nine eleven, which makes no sense, man. This doesn't add up because Iraq was in no way involved with nine eleven, and uh, a majority of actually the nine eleven hijackers were actually from Saudi Arabia, and Osama bin Laden himself. The mastermind of the 9-11 attacks was a Saudi Arabian national and was getting the majority of his resources from Saudi Arabia, man. So come on, man, like, just doesn't add up. It's factually incorrect what they're saying, what they said to go into war with Iraq. So, um, uh, and he was doing this, by the way, while hiding out in Afghanistan. So Iraq was nowhere in the equation. If anything, Saddam Hussein's army was fighting against Al-Qaeda uh, and the influences of Osama bin Laden. So, man, yeah, just, it just goes to show you the... The horrible people that are in charge, these warmongers that only want to go to war for profits, that only want to go to war um, to further seek um, dominance in the region. So <clears throat> just horrible people as a whole, man, And it's something that has been repeated, It's something that was repeated in Syria, It's something that was repeated in Afghanistan, man, It's something that is repeated in parts of Africa. This has just continued to go on and on. It's nothing that's changed, man. You would think that all these decades later things will have changed, but sadly they have not. Which is again now clear to see in Yemen. So the West is not innocent. At all, and uh, needs to be called out for its part and in the, inst- in the instability of the Middle East. And uh, by the way, I mentioned the proxy war earlier on. I uh, was speaking about how Iran and Saudi Arabia went to proxy war. Uh, I, I try to keep my terminology as simple as possible. I try not to use too many political jargons, etc., et But I, I just, sometimes I just can't help myself. manage I just get carried away. So basically, because um, by the way, I, I do that because I want like just like everyday people to listen to it and be able to take something away from it. I don't I don't want it to just be a very political heavy um, podcast or a uh, very psychological or philosophical heavy podcast uh, using all these uh, fancy terms that aren't being understood by a majority of people then because then what's the point in me speaking um, then I can't, re- I can't reach out to as many people as possible so um, yeah so uh, what by the way, a proxy war basically means is um, two sides are involved in war uh, but they're not directly involved uh, in regards to their own militaries they're involved um, through I'm trying to sim- again I'm trying to simplify it I'm trying to yeah it's basically when two sides indirectly fight wars by funding opposite sides without directly involving their own militaries. Uh, however, in Yemen, the case is a bit different though, as Saudis have directly involved their military. Uh, the Saudis' uh, reasoning behind that is that Yemen borders Saudi Arabia, and the Saudi military are defensively involved and not offensively involved. That was their initial reason, uh, reasoning behind it, but since their involvement in 2015, even a blind man can see that Saudi Arabia is offensively involved, and not just offensively involved, but offensively involved in a big way at that. A damning fact of this whole Yemen conflict as a whole is that terrorist groups all over Yemen, such as Daesh and Al-Qaeda, are increasing in numbers, influence, and territory due to Shias uh, fighting Saudi Arabia. So whilst the Saudi Saudi government, uh, with the support of the West, attacks the Houthis, the instability um, allows groups such as uh, Daesh and Al-Qaeda to take advantage and uh, capture territories of their own. So Daesh and Al- <coughs> So, Daesh and Al-Qaeda are largely uncontested by Saudi bombing campaigns, which is uh, no surprise, as they all adhere to the same branch of Islam. All in all, man, Saudi Arabia is just a Daesh that made it. If Daesh had a lot of oil and was his own country, it too would probably be supported by the West, man, as is Saudi Arabia. It's, it just doesn't make sense. I don't get it, man. Like, the Western governments are like, man, we're going to get I- we're gonna get ISIS slash Daesh, or whatever you want to call them, we're going to get Daesh, Daesh because... They behead non-Muslims, they oppress women, um, gay people, um, atheists, etc. Et but then that's literally, word for word, literally, I'm not exaggerating this at all, that's literally what Saudi Arabia does. So, just goes to show you, man, that money is all that matters in this cruel world and uh, to our leaders, and profits mean more uh, than people. <coughs> so, Saudi Arabia now, for the better part of the last decade, has bombarded Yemen and as people with airstrikes and missile attacks, as well as this, has blocked the delivery of basic supplies, such as food and medicine, in some areas, whilst limiting the amount of supplies in other areas. This action of blocking supplies alone has caused uh, what is being described by the UN UN as the, the the worst famine of the century, with millions of men, women and children dying in Yemen, quite simply because there is no food. Not because there is not enough food, but because there is no food at all. And with some reports, uh, even source even seeing that um, there's people on the ground that have uh, resorted to eating leaves in order to get by, in order to survive, man. Which is just, which is just a disheartening uh, factor, knowledge, uh, which just fills you up with so much grief, which just f- fills you up with so much anger, man. Uh, it's just like, how is this happening? How, how are people in the twenty first century eating leaves to survive, um, while one of our allies is carrying out these blockades, is carrying out these bombing attacks? So just. Heartbreaking, man. I don't even know what more to say, man. Like, see, I just... I just... Man, I'm just at a loss of words. I'm sorry, but I'm just at a loss of words. Uh, just thinking about that now. Uh, and I've seen the pictures. I, I'm sure all of you guys have seen the pictures of these um children in Yemen eating leaves. Um, looking... i um, looking... Emaciated and just... Oh, man. Oh. <clears throat> and my apologies. Uh, I'm trying to get back on track. it's just man it's just overwhelming it just fills you with emotion man it makes you like it just makes you tear up it fills you uh, with with anger man it just it it just doesn't make sense man just doesn't make sense i'm sorry but i think i'm gonna i'm actually gonna have to pause this and come back to this man because i can't continue recording like this Uh, just i I just need to go and regain my regain my composure and come back and do this Uh, my apologies so i'm back i'm just went for like a brief walk i just had to clear my head man um just had to get back on track. I had to get regain my composure because I just filled up with so much sadness. Uh, I actually, started tearing up and uh, just filled up with such anger, man. I just can't just just can't believe this, man. How is this happening in the twenty first century? It just doesn't make sense. Uh, it just blows my mind. Blows my mind. Uh, but I'm gonna move on. I'm Gonna try and speak. Um, continue speaking. I don't want to get sidetracked again and uh, end up becoming overcome with emotion again. So um, yeah. So Saudi Arabia in itself. Uh, It's just a horrible country and uh, it's actively seeking to harm everyone in Yemen, not just the rebels, which they claim to be defending themselves against. As a matter of fact, the Prince of Saudi Arabia, who is in charge of the military and the entire country alongside his father, the King uh, of Saudi Arabia, King Salman, was once quoted as saying, I want children, women and even their men to shiver uh, for generations when they hear the name Saudi Arabia. (sighs) So when you're talking about women and children, uh, when you're talking about them, in that context, that's just, there's just something very, very wrong there, man. There's something that needs to be condemned there. There's something that needs to be called out there, man. Because how can someone just say something like that, man? You want women and children to shower for generations when they hear the name Saudi Arabia? Because because that's how badly you're bombarding them with attacks. That's how much you're blockading um, food and medicine. That's how much you're oppressing them. That's how much you're harming them. Is that it just doesn't make sense man it's like what kind of world is this man what kind of world is this i'm I'm sorry if, I've, if i seem dramatic or whatever man but it's, it's sad man it's sad it's, it's disheartening hearing stuff like that especially due to the fact if, if, if this was like a rogue terrorist group if this was like a rogue terrorist leader such as, such as Osama bin Laden or uh, that that ISIS leader whose name i can't remember if this was someone like that then you just take in your stride and you're like oh man what a horrible guy and then you move on but then when a person that's, as a leader of a Saudi Arabia, uh, as a leader of a country that's so influential, a country that's being defended, man, by our country, the United Kingdom, a country that claims to stand for, uh, equality and justice, you just think to yourself, man, what, like, what the hell is going on, man, where did we, as a humanity, uh, as a human race go wrong, man, where did we go wrong, um, so, yeah, so, I think it's, uh, I think it's especially, um, I don't know, you know, I'm just getting sidetracked again, man, I'm just getting lost for words again, because it's just, just doesn't make sense. How how do how do these leaders in the West, uh, such as Boris Johnson and uh, the UK, come out and say that uh, the United Kingdom stands for uh, freedom and equality? And then leaders in Germany, and the leader of Germany, such as uh, Angela Merkel, uh, as, as, uh, who comes out and says that uh, the European Union is a leader of human rights, we're a defender of human rights. And then also the leader of France, Emmanuel Macron, he's also came out and made speeches in public uh, claiming to be a defendant of human rights, as well as, of course, this madman Trump who on a frequent basis says that the United States is a strong country and it's one that stands defiant against any source any source of hate and stands to be a withholder of peace. So, how can all these world leaders come out with a straight face and say all that whilst uh, condoning stuff such as um, what I just mentioned in regards to the Saudi Prince, what he said and uh, condoning the actions of the Saudi military doesn't add up, just does not add up. These kind of people should not be anywhere near power let alone uh, be world leaders so that one quote alone really, really should tell you all that you need to know about saudi arabia and uh, their involvement in yemen it is one to further further their own influence by intimidating its neighbors mainly iran to fall into line and uh, not contest saudi attempts to attain power and influence in the region i think it's important i think it's especially important to let it be known who is behind the crisis in yemen as uh, awareness as what well leads to accountability The more people become aware of Saudi Arabia and the more people become aware of Saudi crimes and become vocal about it, the greater the pressure on our government to call out the Saudi government, as well as just more international pressure on the Saudi government. Sadly, though, I feel like we are a long way from that happening, as the vast majority of the people I've spoken to didn't even know about the Yemen conflict until the past few weeks, which is shocking, man, because it's been happening since 2014. Um, though Yemen has been going through um, humanitarian issues for decades now, for like the better part of the past decade, and just decades as a whole hasn't mentioned at the start of the podcast, um, it's just people have just been silent, man. The international community has just been silent. There's just been blinders in our eyes, man. We just we were just not seeing it. We just no one's just no one's caring, man. Um, the sad thing is that as anyone uh, anyone who has been keeping up with this for years will know that with each passing day, with each passing week, with each passing month, the situation only becomes more and more dire. So um, yeah, so in twenty nineteen alone, over uh, twenty three thousand deaths were uh, reported as a direct result of the conflict. And by the way, like take these statistics with a pinch of salt, because uh, I'm remembering them from the top of my head. They might not be entirely accurate, but they will be quite close, man. Uh, I hope so, anyways. Uh, so yeah, so which was the, the only the second worst rate of fatalities since the conflict began. Conflict began in uh, twenty fifteen. Uh, when that, when that, when that's the only, when that's the only the second worst fatality rate. Um, there's something clearly very, very wrong. Uh, on top of that, it's estimated that almost seventy thousand children have died since twenty fifteen due to blockade of medicine and supplies by Saudi Arabia. And by the way, just a little bit of clarity, some of you might be like a bit confused because I mentioned how at the start of the podcast had the, the whole issue of Yemen begun in twenty fourteen, but then I just mentioned there how, um. This yes, it, yes, it was the worst fatality since um 2015. That is due to a reason that the, con- the, the humanitarian crisis kicked off in 2014 due to the actions of the Houthi go- Houthi rebels, and overthrowing the government. But then the military, the military conflict would only start picking up pace in 2015, which is uh, when the majority of the casualties started to um, take place. So just a little bit of clarification on that point because I don't want people to be like, oh, what he said 2014 before, now saying 2015 before, etc. Et I don't want anyone taking me out of context. So um, yeah, so um. When that's the only the second worst fatality rate, man, there's something uh, very wrong uh, and something that needs to be done, man. Like uh, twenty-three thousand deaths just from conflict alone, and uh, not even from like from hunger or disease, just from conflict alone. Uh, if that's the second worst fatality rate, then man, the future is bleak. The future is very, very bleak. And uh, in, in that case, uh, sadly, uh, it certainly doesn't look uh, look very good uh, in regards to the future of Yemen. Uh, on top of that, uh, it's estimated that almost seventy thousand people, uh, seventy thousand children have died since uh, 2015 due to blockade of medicine and supplies by Saudi Arabia. It has also been widely reported that around 80% of the population needs some sort of humanitarian relief. Absolutely heartbreaking statistics, statistics that are not just mere numbers, but innocent men, innocent women and innocent children uh, caught up in a crisis. They have no hand in innocent people suffering and dying, all because of religious and political differences between Saudi Arabia and Iran coupled with the complacency of the west and its silence on the war crimes being committed by saudi arabia and not to not to mention its direct financial support and direct military support uh, of saudi arabia so um, the way forward in my opinion is uh, greater awareness more and more people need to become outraged over this because that is something that uh, well and truly deserves the ire of every man and every woman who considers themselves uh, to be a decent human being we can't stand by as stuff like this happens we can't let innocent people suffer like this it doesn't make it any more okay because they're far away from us. I would encourage everyone to become proactive and uh, first of all, educate themselves further on this issue and every other issue that needs to be challenged and spoken up about. And uh, upon doing that, uh, spread the stuff that you picked up, to spread the stuff that you've learned onto people around you and in turn uh, raise greater awareness. As well as this, I would ask, I would ask everyone to research uh, Saudi Arabia and see for yourself, don't just take my word for it, see for yourself how horrific our country it is and with that i would urge you to boycott saudi arabia uh, in every form and uh, every way possible over the past few years saudi arabia has made an increased effort to appeal to the rest of the world as a tourist destination due to um decreasing oil supplies so in order to like generate a sustainable income in future years saudi arabia has resorted to becoming a more friendly place for tourism which is why which was a large reason behind why women were now allowed to drive a couple of years ago, it was made legal for women to drive. It wasn't because Saudi Arabia just had a change of heart and is now becoming a more equal country. Not at all. Because in Saudi Arabia, a woman's testimony in court is still worth half that of a man. So in no way was uh, Saudi Arabia doing that in order to further the cause of um, women's rights. It only did so to seem more appealing to the West. And even now still, women are not allowed in sporting arenas in, the, in Saudi Arabia. So there you go, man. That's all you need to know in regards to that. <coughs> So uh, it's tried very hard to seem like a more appealing place to the West and in doing so has invited many celebrities to perform in their country. Uh, a recent example of that is uh, Joshua versus Ruiz, um, the second fight, which, will, which took place in Saudi Arabia at the special request of the Saudi Prince to encourage more athletes to perform in Saudi Arabia in the future. So we have to stand against such efforts, man, and boycott Saudi Arabia in every way possible uh, so we can hit them with our hearts uh, in their pockets. Stop supporting celebrities like this, man. Stop supporting Anthony Joshua. Stop supporting Andy Ruiz. It doesn't make sense. i, I seen it, man. I remember when uh, Anthony Joshua went into a fight in Saudi Arabia. And he posted a picture, I think, on Instagram saying uh, Alhamdulillah or something. I don't follow him personally, but it was widely shared. Uh, he, he shared a posting Alhamdulillah or Mashallah or something like that, man. And he just landed in Saudi Arabia. And people were going crazy, man. People were like, oh, look at this Mashallah. Like Anthony Joshua, look at that. He's like, saying something Islamic but man come on man take a step back take a step back and see the bigger picture he's saying alhamdulillah standing in a murderous and uh, oppressive nation that is responsible for killing innocent people and is responsible for um, numerous human rights violations man you can't you can't share a feminist post uh, like you can't share a feminist post and then the very next post will be sharing a picture of anthony joshua saying alhamdulillah doesn't make sense man be hypocritical you can't share something uh, claiming to be uh, for human rights and then share something like that and then continue supporting someone like that who is oblivious to such issues. Recently Anthony Joshua came out and was speaking about Black Lives Matter. Wonderful stuff, um very commendable. But then where was the same awareness when it came to Saudi Arabia man? Where was the same um wokeness, quote unquote wokeness man? It wasn't there man, because he doesn't care. He was getting paid. Uh you know it doesn't it doesn't affect him, man. So um so stop please man, please just take a take a step back. See the bigger picture. And call out, like call out celebrities like this man, and in doing so, boycott celebrities like this. We don't need to support people like this man. We don't need to support people who are complacent when it comes to stuff like this because it's this some very serious stuff that is suffering million, that is causing the suffering of millions and millions of people, man. As you can now see, and as um, as the Yemen situation is now more prevalent, you can see it with your own eyes, man. I don't you, don't, you don't need me to tell you that. You don't need anyone else to tell you that, man. You can see it for yourself, and you can come to a decision yourself, and make a well-formed decision. To stay away from such celebrities that are so fickle and are so fake, man, and in their online activism, man. So um so let's boycott Saudi Arabia in every way possible and let's seek to inform everyone and anyone that we know about the murderous country of Saudi Arabia. So let's strive to become more knowledgeable on issues that matter, so that we can be vocal about them and spread greater awareness. Let's strive to be more compassionate individuals who stand for love, who stand for peace. Let's not become silent on the issues that matter, and let's continue doing all that we can do to make positive changes in our environment, whether big or small, let's strive to do what matters having said that I just want to say a massive massive thank you to everyone that's been listening your support uh, well and truly means the world and uh, your support is what keeps me going in regards to these episodes every time I upload an episode man I get such a wonderful response and it just makes me want to do an episode as soon as possible man so a huge huge thank you for that anytime someone pops up to me anytime someone approaches me um, and says to me man listen I was, I was listening to your podcast so it was wonderful I really liked what you had to say on this this and that truly makes my day, fills me up with so much happiness, the other day I was on a jog, man, I was jogging alongside Riverside, and uh, a random guy came up to me, man, and he was like, oh, are you so-and-so's mate, and I was like, yeah, I am, man, um, what's up, man, and he was like, oh, man, I heard your podcast, um, this guy recommended it to me, I love it, blah, 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 It's really wonderful what you have to say about this, this and that, so that that made, that made my day, man, so I don't even know this guy, and he came up to me, and he said something like that, so, you know, just wonderful stuff as a whole, man, so, um, yeah, so, your support means the world and it means more than i can express in words man so a huge huge thank you to everyone uh and just it's just well and truly appreciated man from the bottom of my heart having said that i'm now going to leave you with my parting quote and this quote is very fitting to what i've just discussed so this quote is actually by Hazrat ali who was the son-in-law of prophet muhammad peace be upon him so the quote goes a bit like this oppose the oppressor and support the oppressed as simple as that man do what's right do what's needed having said that man Whoever you are, wherever you are, I hope you're having a wonderful day and a massive, massive thank you once again.